the James Suckling podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hi, James. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Very good. Fantastic. How's it going? Good. Um, so far, the growing season's off to a really nice start. Mm. A bit, a bit dry in the northwest over the winter and, and this spring, but uh, we're starting to get uh, some good spring rain, so that's good. So, I so which do you have an order? Um, there, I have them all out in front of me. So, yeah, let's start with the Sangio first. So, why do you think you've been successful with Sangiovese and Alianico when? Honestly, hardly anyone in the world's been able to pull it off except for uh, where it's from, so from Campania or from Italy in general. I know. I, <laughs> You know, what's funny is I'd like to keep going north and try Nebbiolo too, but I don't want to break the streak <laughs> because I, you know, I think Nebbiolo may be the world, the world's most difficult variety to, you know, to take outside of its home region. but. You know, we, we started the Sangiovese project in, in 95 and just with the Italian heritage, you know, the, the my great grandparents came from Calabria, actually. My mm. dad always had an interest in Italian varieties. So we planted Sangio um, in, well, actually 93. First, first vintage small was 95. And, um, you know, he, he got the budwood. Um, it came from um, Biondi Santi off the Greppo Vineyard. So it's Grosso Clown. And um, so good, good budwood to start with. And I just, you know, I think that, you know, in Walla Walla compared to the rest of the, the larger Columbia Valley, Washington state, we've got a, a little higher percentage of clay content in our soils. And that helps both with Merlot and the Sangiovese. You know, I feel like Sangio kind of likes a little bit of clay, like, um, like Merlot does to help get power and, and density and whatnot in it. So, um, you know, we do it. You have to farm the hell out of Sangio. It it bears a tremendous, you know, the Grosso Clone is these big clusters, big berries, right. and it'll set six tons per acre in a driving rain. So we thin it pretty relentlessly. Uh, we usually harvest about three tons the acre. And we even do one thing I started doing about a decade ago that I feel really picked up our game is uh, we started doing some berry thinning where we Actually, we take these little combs that fit in your hand. It's like for grooming a horse. And um, right after set, so when they're like BB size, we, we come in and rake the clusters uh, one at a time. It actually goes pretty quickly and take about a third to half the berries off. And it just it, it allows, you know, the rest of the, it looks like hail damage when you first do it. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks, you can't tell, but it just makes the cluster a lot more loose and open. And so the light can get penetrated even to those interior berries. I've always heard, you know, I have a house in Tuscany, so I've lived there I've, since 1998. Well, you know, I've had the house since then. But in fact, one rule I've always heard was that to make uh, excellence Sangiovese, you needed to produce less than one kilo per vine. So, you know, I, I think you're really right with, um, with having a reduced um, uh, yield per vine and even cluster. And that's, and I think that's, you know, really um, making it happen for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you, if you even go to four tons to the acre or something like that, it just, 
punishes you quickly. It gets thin and light and turns into something that should be in a wicker basket. <laughs> exactly. So what do you want to try now then? Uh, let's do the single vineyard starting with the uh, Holy Roll. So um, a, 2016 a, was the first year that I started these single vineyards. So I, I sell these only to our customers um, as a four pack. And my, my hope and goal and what I encourage our customers to do, it's like sit down with some friends and taste all four side by side, you know, as a horizontal. Uh, because the, you know, these are our four primary vineyards that go into all the lean 80 wines and, and they're, they're just so unique, I think in their own right that I, I wanted to start doing a small amount of these individually, you know, long-term I, you know, bottling varietal wines is such an American thing. Um, I, I could see us going more this way of being more about the vineyard than this. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's been very positively received. So, um, you know, it's the first time we've touched the Leonetti label since 1980, you know, we had our original label from 78, 79, and then in 80, the current design. And, you know, it's kind of, a, I, I think it's one of the classics of the West coast, you know, I think a Leonetti and Ridge and, you know, some labels like that, that you can just see across the restaurant and know. Uh, so this was the, my dad. He's like, you want to do what? It's like, trust me, it'll pay homage to the Leonetti label, but I just want to, you know, tweak it and uh, and show the vineyards on it. So um, pretty cool. The the uh, labels were actually done by a guy down in Napa whose name's escaping me. They're all pen and ink. It's phenomenal how he does it. So um, he did a time lapse of one of them for us. So so. Uh... Why did you personally want to start making single vineyard wines instead of blends? You know, it's just we work so hard in our vineyards. If there's anything I'm known for in, in Walla Walla, it's being meticulous on our viticulture. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, it's I, as much as I love blending, I love showing off what the individual vineyards are capable of. And I, I feel like, you know, these four really have unique terroirs in their own right. And, and it's, um, it sometimes seems a shame to not show what, you know, show that terroir in a, in an unblended, you know, at a micro level instead of a mezzo level, like we do with the rest of our wines. And, and is this sort of a nod to like other great wine areas, whether it's Burgundy or Barolo? Or... Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd, I'd say Barolo is more like it, right? Um, absolutely. Yeah. So the Holy Roller is is on the rocks in Milton Freewater, which maybe three or four years ago got sub ADA status. It's a district within Walla Walla and um, it's an alluvial fan. So the, the Holy Roller, the, the name of the vineyard comes. So there's a, it sits right behind a Jehovah's Witness church. And then it's full of these, you know, round river rocks. So I joke that it's, you know, you can roll your ankle on them, but it's really, it's really a, a wink about being behind the uh, Jehovah's Witness church. <laughs> And, and how many bottles do you make of each? Uh, each one of these is about uh, is, uh, 75 cases. So what is oh, that? Okay. 800, 800 bottles. Uh, real, real small production. Okay, listen. Awesome. So um, thanks for the tasting. If I have any other questions, I'll uh, sit, drop you an email. But uh, Perfect. it's really fun to talk. Uh, I wish I was there to uh, finish the bottles with you guys. But another time.
another time. Look forward to it. Okay. All right. Take, Take care. care. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So Ciao.